Next, followed by the regular Thursday COVID brief. And we've got one bush line for today. To Evan, corned beef, no sleep. Love, DJT, Lady C, and DJ Thomp. Bush lines and information lines can be heard weekdays at 8.59 a.m. and 1 and 7 p.m. And on weekends at 10 a.m. and 1 and 7 p.m. To enter move anything, call 907-235-7721, extension 229. You are listening to KBBI Homer AM 890. The time is 9.01 a.m. Coming up next, the regular Thursday COVID brief. Good morning. Stay safe. And good morning. You're tuned in to KBBI Homer AM 890. The time is 9.02, and it is time for KBBI's regular Thursday morning COVID brief. I have with me on the line Dorotha Ferraro from South Peninsula Hospital, Peggy Erkinoff from the Kenai Peninsula Borough School District, and Lauren Carroll, public health nurse. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Well, grateful to have you all on this morning, and uh, let's go ahead and uh, just jump right into, uh, gosh, I should uh, go ahead and clarify. First, Peggy, do you uh, have somewhere else to be? Should we go ahead and chat with you first? I do not have anywhere else to be this morning, so oh, we can wonderful. be in whenever you want. Very good. Well, let's go ahead and just talk about the uh, the, the basic case rate uh, situation we're dealing with right now. It seems that things are uh, slowly winding down, not very rapidly by the, uh, the hospital's dashboard, uh, as I looked at last night. Um, Dorotha, do you want to go ahead and start with that? 
You bet. And thank you for mentioning that you were able to look at that last night. So um, folks, you don't have to have pen and paper ready because you can go onto the website sphosp.org anytime and see what the um, last two weeks of um, our dashboard um, reflects. So starting with the ER visits, um, we in the week ending March 29, um, we had six ER visits for um, COVID. We had zero new admission admits, new hospitalizations. And I do want to point out that is a correction over what I reported out um, Monday night at City Council. So in the week ending 321, no new um, admissions, hospitalizations. Um, as far as testing, we did 431 tests, 42 of those positive. So that puts us at about a 10% positivity rate. Last week, we were at 11, the, the week prior, we were at 11%. Um, outpatient infusion monoclonal antibody treatments, we did eight ending Mar um, March 29. And um, we did 20 vaccines um, earlier this week. So um, doing pretty good with vaccines. And as far as um, numbers related to illness, um, looks like we're steady. And yeah, looks like we're steady. Very good. Thank you, Dorotha. Uh, Lauren Carroll, comment on uh, conditions. Oh, yeah, sure thing. Morning, Josh, and thanks. You know, uh, globally, things continue to evolve, you know, from today's uh, lens or, or view. Uh, folks in South Korea, Uruguay, Iceland are, are all enjoying a downturn in newly reported cases. Uh, but folks in Australia, UK, and the EU are experiencing an, an upturn. And the uh, United States continues uh, to enjoy downturn in newly reported cases. And that's a decrease of over 10% uh, over the past couple of weeks. And then here in Alaska, we've been pretty flat uh, in regards to new cases over the course of the past three weeks. Um, it, and that's good news. And that's showing up in, in hospital numbers as well. So today across the state, there's about one third of non-ICU and ICU adult beds available. So meaning two thirds of beds are occupied. And there's uh, 30, only 34 folks hospitalized in the state today with COVID-19 and only two of them are on events. So, you know, this is really good uh, news compared to several weeks or especially a couple months ago. Now looking at the total number of folks that are in the hospital right now, um, about two or three percent of those folks uh, have COVID. Um, and then here on Southern Kenai Peninsula, it seems like the numbers have been holding kind of steady in regards to newly reported cases. But if you're, you're out there talking to folks at work or your friends, there's still a lot of COVID being passed around. Uh, so it, it's real common to hear uh, folks who are newly infected or hearing of someone who uh, recently uh, got infected with COVID. Not quite out of the woods yet, huh? Oh, that, that's uh, to be sure. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, so uh, Peggy from the uh, school district, let me uh, ask you about the conditions there. And I know a little bit about that because we've got our own little one in the uh, schools and we get uh, uh, the occasional call. Like, well, you might have been a close contact, but the, the, the calls for that are uh, uh, reducing uh, rapidly. And I know the procedure has changed a little bit. Can you first tell us about what the uh, current conditions are in the school district and then tell us about what the... Uh, uh, current policy is for uh, for reporting cases and close contacts. 
Absolutely. So we still have our school operations status dashboard up. That's easy to get to COVID19kpbsd.org. And that reports any positives each day in a seven day trend as well. So you could look at any individual school and see where they are at. We have seen, a, it's way, way, way lower than what we saw really for the last year and the last two years. So that's good news. And less students out, uh, classes going, we don't, we don't have much more time till school gets out in the third week of May. We're on the definite towards the end of 2022. The process and new mitigation plan for the school district that went into effect when spring break um, ended and everybody came back is that the district is no longer requiring face coverings at school in any risk level. And we are also not doing contact tracing in school. So that was something that would happen when we would get a report from somebody who had a positive case outside of school and then we'd look back to see in school. So we've done a, add a lot of resources onto the website. We know Homer area has lots of resources for people. We still are offering um, partners that are doing testing and we're doing that throughout the district in both Seward, Central Peninsula, and then you can also get the testing in Homer. We can do testing at schools if somebody has any symptoms of illness. And then we have our symptom-free school protocol still in place. So if you don't feel well, stay home, get a COVID test, and we're trying to keep the flu, the cold, everything out of school so that we can keep kids learning and, and classrooms functioning at their best. Great, thank you, Peggy. Um, let me ask you a question about that. So the uh, reporting for contact tracing, um, just from personal experience, I know we had a flurry of calls for the basically the entire month of January and into February, uh, almost yes. almost weekly. Um, are there any questions of whether that's the right approach right now? Is it is the the case rate in the school buildings still going down, uh, or are we seeing some persistence with cases because of that? It's still continuing to go down, and so hopefully it will stay that way. You know, we do know that the B12 variant is um, rising in different places, but at this point, um, the leadership team mitigation plan intends to the end of the school year, unless something major happens, to continue with operations as they are. And we do have all the different layers that are in place. We have the air filtration. Um, anybody can is welcome to wear a mask um, at any time. And also, something there was some confusion about was that the federal mandate for face coverings on school buses was lifted. So there, that's not a requirement now either. Right. Um, gosh, I had a question on the top of my head. Uh, oh, the, uh, the, the symptom-free uh, uh, schools uh, policy. Um, so that was something that was established before COVID came around and uh, really kind of took a, a front and center uh, position once, uh, once COVID became uh, part of our daily life. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that and how, uh, how that works? Basically, uh, symptom-free, it sounds pretty obvious. If you've got any kind of symptoms, uh, don't go to school. That is exactly right. So if you have signs and symptoms of illness or you're taking the first 24 hours of an antibiotic treatment, that's the time to stay home from school and you can give a call to your school nurse. And then when you return is if you have not had any symptoms of illness or they're resolved for 24 hours without taking medication. So that's um, 
we do know there's kids with allergies. And so there's an opportunity for a family, parent and child to work with their physician and the nurse to have an exemption for that because we do know that there's some seasonal allergies that happen and that's not indicating illness. It's something that a person is living with. Right. So if you get a fever greater than 100.4, you have coughs, um, tummy aches, diarrhea, vomiting, obviously, um, stuffy head, and all of those symptoms, please um, stay home, get a test and get well before you come to school or your symptoms are definitely resolving. Great. Thank you. Um, remind our listeners that we are taking calls this morning, uh, 907-235-7721. If you have any questions for our panelists, you can also email those to me, josh at kbbi.org, and we'll pass that along. Jimmy is standing by to answer your call if you want to give us a call right now. Um, Peggy, one more question for you, and this is probably a, a question for a later interview, but um, with the uh, symptom-free policy uh, asking students to stay home from school uh, to, just to prevent any possibility of transmission, uh, is the uh, absence rate, is that adjusted at all to compensate for uh, more absences because of illness? Yes, it is. So we just ask um, the parent or the student to call the school and get that student absence excused. Great. Thank you. Um, okay. So next question here, let's move on to uh, treatment options and uh, where we're going with things. Uh, any other mitigation measures that, uh, that we may be looking at here in the near future? Um, Dorotha or Lorne, uh, do you want to jump on that? Mm -hmm. I'm um, happy to share what's available um, for treatment um, locally. We do. Um, we did learn that about oh four or five days ago, um, the emergency use authorization for the citrovimab, MAB, the the monoclonal antibody infusion, that had been being used during the Omicron um, outbreak, um, that emergency use authorization ended because of the um, declining um, um, efficacy rate for that particular monoclonal antibody. And so no longer are we offering the citrovimab. Instead, a new one has been issued. It is called bebtilovimab, and it is highly effective against the Omicron, so um, it, against the um, BA2. Um, version of the Omicron. And the state of Alaska is seeing um, higher than 50% of its um, samples being above the um, BA2 or of the BA2. So that's why we are offering the bebtilovimab. And um, we have plenty of um, treatments for that. I think we have like 34 in stock. And um, we also have plenty of the remdesivir, um, which is used more in the inpatient um, setting. And then as far as the oral um, antivirals, um, those are the Paxlovid and the Merck brand. Those are both available um, by prescription. You can get it at Safeway. And then some of the actual cl the clinics actually have them on hand to give to folks as well if they've been seen there and if that particular treatment's best for them. No matter if you're talking about the monoclonal antibody or the oral antiviral um, or, or the um, inpatient antiviral, um, all of them are most effective when given pretty quickly upon um, getting the, the virus. So really the key 
is to let your provider know if you um, are positive and experiencing symptoms so that we can so can um, connect you quickly to treatment if indeed that's something that um, is best for you. So getting getting tested quickly is kind of key to getting the uh, the treatments in uh, in time for them to be effective. Can can you tell me a little bit about the uh, the treatments themselves? Um, are there any? Um, I, what would you expect if you if you test positive and you need to go get a uh, well the the new monoclonal antibody or uh, any of the antivirals? What 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 should I expect? Is that an injection? So the um. The, the first thing is that your visit might be on telehealth. If you've tested positive and you call your provider, the visit might be on telehealth or um, in a in a accommodated way. Um, and then um, if you seem like a great candidate, you would be connected pretty close to immediately. It's usually that afternoon if your visit is in the morning or the next day. And we have um, little treatment rooms, if you will, set up at the COVID clinic and um, they're private and comfortable and heated and nice. And um, you just go in and it's uh, anywhere from, you know, hour to hour and a half um, visit. The actual um, infusion does not take that long. It's just that then once the infusion's over, you stay and get observed um, for a while. So the MAB infusion is um, pain-free and comfortable and uh, um, no, no issues there and done in an outpatient setting. And then the oral antivirals, those are simply, you go to the um, store and pick up your prescription and um, take the doses as, as prescribed. Very good. Um, now you say uh, stay for observation after getting treatment at the clinic. Uh, are there side effects we should be concerned with? Uh, what, are you, what are you watching for? Um, I would have to look to see exactly. Um, Lauren might be able to chime in on that. But anytime you're doing an infusion, um, that is a pretty high, um, pretty heavy load going into um, your body at any given time, whether you're talking about monoclonal antibodies for COVID or, you know, whatever. So um, it's really common when infusions are given that you are under observation. Lauren? You know, I, I'm not um, certain in my experiences. I, I haven't heard anything about side effects to either the infusion therapy or the, the oral meds or, or a different way of saying that, just the pills that you take by mouth after you pick them up. Um, but also uh, when you talk to your provider, they will be um, outlining some uh, potential side effects in order to prep you. So if you have any of those side effects, and they'll also tell you uh, what you should do if you do have them. And, and they'll give you some information to take on to, to read uh, a little bit deeper. Um, but I think looking forward, what we're going to see is we'll see a larger proportion of all the treatments being um, the oral meds or the pills that you take by mouth. And that's good news because that's easy and it's convenient. Um, so you, like Dorota was saying, you can just go pick them up at the pharmacy or if you're, you know, you're in your infectious period, have someone go pick them up for you. Um, and, and that's easy. And, and I'm pointing that out because these are effective uh, against uh, BA2. And that was a concern and something that we're keeping a close eye on. So this kind of trend uh, continues overall throughout the pandemic is the amount of tools that we have uh, is getting better and better and better. Well, that's a, a good segue to the next question here. We had a caller uh, call in and ask, um, to know more about the new booster for uh, people 50 and over. Uh, is that available here now? Uh, and uh, who is recommended to have that? 
Oh yeah, that's good news. You know, uh, the the uh, this was all following the Federal Food and Drug Administration's authorization um, on Tuesday. That was March 29th. The CDC updated its recommendations to allow certain folks with immunocompromised of conditions and people over the age of 50 who received their initial booster to go ahead and have a second booster if it's been at least four months since your initial booster. But separately and in addition, based on new data, adults who received a primary vaccine and booster with the J&J or the, or the Janssen vaccine, and it's been at least four months, uh, those folks can have a second booster as well. Dorotha? So um, the second boosters are available at the test and vaccine clinic on Bartlett Street. Um, we do by appointment and walk-in, and um, those happen on Sunday and Monday only. So Sunday and Monday, nine to five, you can book any of the vaccine or booster that you happen to be eligible for. And um, we did add a little, we added capacity there for um, the coming Sunday and Mondays, just to make sure that if there are folks out there that desire um, to have their second boost and qualify that, um, that we are available, uh, able to meet that demand. And I just checked before I came online and there are plenty of appointments, but um, walk-ins are, are fine. Um, I, I would just suggest this coming Sunday and Monday will probably be a little extra busy. So you might consider a, um, an appointment. And I do, I just wanna point out that right now, like I just went to the CDC website to look for a lot of the backup data and studies and everything that um, were used um, for this. And none of that has been loaded up yet on the CDC website. It's just the media release for, um, for this particular round. So, um, you know, folks might wanna wait until more of that information is available to read about it um, for, um, in making their decision. Because right now it's folks are eligible um, to receive um, that particular dose, the second dose. Great. Thank you. Um, another uh, question from a uh, caller. Uh, same same uh, question about the second booster shots, but uh, she also wanted to know uh, if there are any recommendations that you have for attending indoor gatherings where masks are required, but food or drinks are served. And that seems like one of those uh, counterintuitive situations. Keep your mask on to keep you safe, but go ahead and take it off and enjoy your beverage and snacks how do you have oh, that, that you know that's a good question we've been getting a lot of phone calls at the public health center to you know talk through those pretty complicated scenarios um and ultimately um folks that have to make uh, some tough decisions but i guess i would say you know the department of health and social services has has reviewed cdc's new COVID 19 community levels uh, tool that that may apply to alaska and those community levels are useful because they consider hospitalizations and they're not only based upon new uh, reported case data. However, you know, we would encourage the public and community leaders to continue being aware of case rates. In addition to those CDC community level tools, those community levels alone, they may not fully capture the risk associated with localized levels of transmission, especially in rural areas. So what's that look like if you're having an event here in Homer, I would say um, look, look, at, look at the level of transmission in the area. Um, and I'll tell you right now on SKP, there's, there's still uh, quite a bit of uh, transmission. 
and then look at the long list of mitigation efforts that, that you can use, not only to help keep you safe and others, but, but to help you feel uh, good about your ultimate decision um, on whether you should go to an event or how you might structure an event. Great, thank you. Uh, we have a call caller on the line. Um, Rick, go ahead. Yeah, I was listening to a um, program about a week ago on NPR, and they were interviewing a doctor from the Texas Children's Hospital for Vaccine Development. And he was talking about how they've been working on developing vaccines for COVID viruses for 10 years. It's all been private donations because the federal government wouldn't give them any money during this last outbreak here in the two years. And they had just developed a vaccine, and they were going to start using it on children in India in a couple of days, which was over a week ago. And he said apparently in Asia and India and some places in that area, a lot of the people don't like uh, vaccines that aren't made from plants. So I was wondering if you'd heard anything about that. I think you said they were made from yeast cultures. I'll take my question. I answer offline. Thanks, Rick. Uh, anybody want to jump on that one? I recall hearing that story, but I don't remember any details about it, but it was an open sourced, uh, vaccine recipe. You know, I don't have any information uh, about that. And I guess, uh, you know, it almost goes without saying a lot of information out there and, and it makes me, um, you know, professionally and personally, I go through this process of assessing, is this information coming from a good source or from a bad source and what might be the motivations of that person that's pushing, pushing out the particular information. But on, the, on that particular subject itself, no, I don't have any information. We'll see if we can find that for you. Um, let's see, a couple other questions here. Gosh, my feet has just gone blank. Uh, well, we have about five minutes here, so let's go ahead and uh, do some post-conversation wrap-ups. Uh, Peggy, would you like to start? Sure, I just wanna thank everybody for continuing to go with everything that we've needed to do in the schools. We have our last, um, on April 1st tomorrow, our last early release for the school year. So thank you to all the families and businesses that have made those changes in your plans for family to have school let out 90 minutes early. And spring is coming, so hopefully We'll have our proms and have schools be safe through this rest of this time and have a good ending to the school year. Thank you, Peggy. Yeah, those uh, kiddos have the uh, the springtime energy right now. Let's watch them play around the playground after school. Grateful for those early release days as well. Thank you very much. Peggy Erkinoff from the Kenai Peninsula Borough School District. Uh, Dorotha, would you like to go next? Thank you. Um, a couple things. One is um, the testing. Just want to remind folks that um, the test testing clinic is open seven days a week, 9 a.m., 6 p.m., so um, that's really where it begins, is testing is the, the knowledge, and we have plenty of supplies right now and capacity, so if you got a symptom, feel free to come and, and um, get tested, and I want to um, recap the vaccine situation because I stopped um, midstream of where you can get, where you can get it, so um, again, you can get any um, of the vaccine doses of so the first, second, first booster, second booster, depending on your eligibility, 
um, at the vac test and vaccine clinic on Sundays and Mondays. All of the information is on the hospital website as far as who and when and an appointment button if you'd like to make an appointment. But also um, the primary care clinics in town for the most part um, offer um, vaccination of this and other um, types. So specifically for COVID vaccine, if you are a patient at Homer Medical or the South Peninsula Family Care Clinic, or um, SVT Health and Wellness, you can just call if you're already an established patient, call and say you'd like to set up your um, COVID vaccine. And I know they're doing um, those there. Plus that gives you a chance to work with your healthcare provider on, on a schedule that is best for you, um, given your health conditions and um, situation. And other than that, um, hospital and clinics all are universal masking still. Um, so we ask folks to honor that. I know that some of the guidance, uh, you had a good example there um, about going to an event that's mass required and then taking your mask off to eat and drink. And the thing that um, we do at Walk with the Doc, um, although the, the masks are not required there, they're encouraged. Um, we, folks just, we ask folks to spread it out, keep their distance when they take their mask off to um, have a refreshment. So, you know, you can... You can move with your, if you can move with your feet or your wheels, you can um, create some safe distance um, from others. And other than that, um, I think that's um, everything. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Dorotha. And it uh, looks like we had one more caller call in here just under the wire. So we're going to go ahead and let them ask their question. Hi, you're on the air. Hi. Uh, got a question for you. If you are, uh, if you had COVID, how long? After you, uh, you've been told that you no longer or have it, uh, should you wait until you get your booster shot? Okay, to recap there. So if you've had COVID, how long should you wait until after your diagnosis to get a booster? Uh, how long? Yeah, essentially, yeah. Okay. Uh, Dorotha or Lauren, do you want to take that? That's a good question. You know, that, you know, being sick uh, with COVID and then getting well, those aren't contraindications for receiving that booster. Uh, but also uh, the best case scenario would be to call up your doctor and, and have a conversation about, about that with them because they may have some other considerations. But, you know, being sick uh, it, it, with COVID and, and getting better, that in itself isn't an indication that you should not get a booster. So that would be just fine medically speaking. All right. Thank you, Lauren. And thank you for that call. Thank you. Uh, Lauren, we'll go ahead and wrap up with uh, uh, closing statements from you. Oh, thanks, Josh. Just a couple updates. Would be, uh, you know, later this week, the alert levels on the dashboard, those will be retired and replaced by case rate levels. So be ready for that. And also, in addition, beginning next month, April, uh, the state will be updating data on the dashboard uh, once weekly on Wednesdays, and that's uh, as opposed to three times a week. Um, and then I guess lastly, I guess I would say that, you know, teams make better decisions when you work together than individuals. Uh, so when you're trying to figure out the answer to these tough questions, what should we do or how should we approach this when thinking about COVID? Uh, I guess I would say talk about it or continue talking about it. You know, there's a lot of factors there, like what's the vulnerability of you and those around you? Have, have you been sick uh, recently and maybe have some protection from that? Or you received vaccine uh, recently, so you have protection from that. What are the variables that you can control 
what are the ones that you can't, and what are the levels of transmission in the area that you're going to be in or that you're headed to. Thanks so much, Josh. Thank you, Lauren. That's Lauren Carroll, public health nurse. And uh, thank you, Peggy Erkinoff, for joining us from the Kenai Peninsula Borough School District and Dorotha Ferraro from the South Peninsula Hospital. You've been listening to KBBI's COVID Brief uh, every Thursday at 9 a.m. right here. And as always, you can submit your questions to us uh, by email. You can email them to me, josh at kbbi.org, or you can call in during the program, 907-235-7721. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to have some music here for the next half hour and then moving on to Radio Lab at 10 a.m. This is KBBI Homer, AM 890. He was best all-round cowboy back in 55 With a dusty old Stetson curled up on the side An old Willie's pickup in which he would ride to the town of the next rodeo He had shrapnel embedded in one of his knees That he picked up from fighting Hitler's Germany he wanted to make sure that our country stayed free And he sure loved the old rodeo And that night he'd bed down On the outskirts of town With a campfire burning near And as the night moved along He'd raise up his song But only the stars could hear well, he rode in the stampede up in Canada, Colorado, Wyoming, and wild Montana, Utah, Nevada, and Arizona. Hell, he's known as the rodeo man and that night he'd bat down on the outskirts of town with a campfire burning near and as the night moved along he'd raise up his song but only the stars can hear hello Been years since he sat on the back of a bull His bones are all busted, his belly is full And from whiskey and hard luck His senses are dulled But he still loves the old rodeo He still wears that Stetson curled up on the side Still drives that old Willie's It's his love and his pride Still makes the circuit, and although he can't ride, he's a hell of a rodeo man. And that night he'd bed down on the outskirts of town with a campfire burning near. And as the night moves along, he'll raise up the sun, but only the stars could hear. You're the
Thank you for tuning in to KBBI Homer AM890. Coming up, April comes, she will. Streams are ripe and swelled with rain. May she will stay resting in my arms again. June, she'll change her tune. In restless walk, she'll prowl the night. July, she will fly and give no warning to her flight. August, die she must. The autumn winds blow chilly and cold September I'll remember A love once new has now Yesterday morning, they let me know you were gone. Suzanne, the plans they made put an end to you. I walked out this morning and I wrote down this song. I just can't remember who to send it to. I've seen fire and I've seen rain seen sunny days that I thought would never end I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend But I always thought that I'd see you again Won't you look down upon me, Jesus You gotta help me make a stand just got to see me through another day My body's aching and my time is at hand I won't make it any other way 
And up next, we have Doc Watson with, let's see, Ruben Train by Doc Watson. Coming up next. He put it on the track He run it to the Lord knows where Oh me, oh my Run it to the Lord knows
last night down in jail I had no money for to go my bail Lord how it sleeted and it snowed lost not found did not hold me in its arms like it holds me now so I dreamt myself a bird who could cross the waves and I woke up just a man who was miles away miles away miles away Said my father had changed Suppose we could have been friends But I was miles away Miles away Miles away Miles away Miles away Honey, you don't belong In a place like this With your long yellow hair and your hips But the look in your eye is like the world from space The way the sun hits off the water from miles away Miles away Miles away Miles away Miles away 
Thank you for listening to KBBI Homer AM 890 on this Thursday, March 31st. It's coming up on 10 a.m. Radio Lab is coming up next. Good morning. Stay safe. We can laugh without a reason Cause the sun isn't only sinking fast Every moon and our bodies make shining the time of our lives is all we have and we get a chance to say